This is episode number 11 with holistic chef and cookbook author, Laura Lee Bryant. Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. My name is Nick Carrier, fitness trainer and business owner. We all go through life a little bit differently, but we all have one common journey, and that's the journey to become the best version of ourself. Each day, we try to upgrade ourselves. We want to be better today than we were yesterday. That's why each week, we bring you the tools and inspiration to help you become the best version of yourself and find your best you. Thanks for spending some time with me and Laura Lee today. Laura Lee has this calming and confident presence about herself that you will note immediately. Her want to provide what's best for her customers and her true caring nature is so refreshing to see in our society today where chasing after money is such a common theme in the real world. Today, Laura Lee and I talked about how to go about getting out of that job that you don't like and that you feel stuck in. She's huge into embracing what you're scared about or whatever your fear is and just doing it anyway. If you're watching this on YouTube, give it a like and a comment. Engage with me. Subscribe there. If you're listening on iTunes, make a review. Move it up. The more reviews you write, the more people get access to these tools, tips, and inspiration. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on being our best self today with the one, the only, Laura Lee Bryant. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. I got my good friend here, Laura Lee Bryant, with me today. I'm super stoked to have her in. Laura Lee is a holistic chef and a cookbook author. And uh, like we were talking about earlier, my mom just bought your cookbook uh, about a month or two ago. And she, I think she probably tells me on a weekly basis about a new recipe that she's made of yours that she absolutely loves. And the only thing I can think about is wanting to go back home and have her make it for me. So um, so I think that's sweet. really cool. Um, I think she's been revitalized from um, having the kids go out of the – be an empty nester now. So totally. she's been re- revitalized yeah. with her cooking. So I think that's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, but kind of the way I want to start today yeah. um, is – actually, I really want to start with kind of what you're up to right now, what you're excited about, and, and what's coming next. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having yeah, me. Definitely. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited <laughs> about what you're doing. Um, so these days I'm kind of – toggling back and forth between writing my second cookbook and teaching my cooking classes. Those are my two primary focuses. And it's great because I can test recipes for the cookbook on my cookbook class, cooking class attendees. So that's been really fun. I love both of those things. Um, The cookbook process was such a bear the first time around, but I learned so much. So I'm having more fun with it, I think. And I'm giving myself more time to write this one than I gave (laughs) myself last time. Um, So I'm doing that. I do some brand partnerships. I'm revving up a little bit of brand partnership. That's something that I haven't done a ton of in the past, but I think it can be a really good thing for my business, a great way for me to share products that I love to really get that out there and support companies that are doing um, cool things in the world. So yeah, very good. So the second cookbook, what's been the, has there been a struggle that you didn't foresee coming that you didn't see in the first cookbook or is it just kind of yeah, the same thing. I would say logistically having longer to do it means that it's harder for me to get a sense of where I am in the process. Okay. When I was writing the first book, it was all I did. So yeah. I had I had a good beat on where I was. This feels a little more nerve wracking because I'm doing it more piecemeal. Um, and then on sort of like a more meta level, you know, just the expectations like for me, I just want to add value and add valuable content. And I just, you know, my book, my first book, I know did that for people. So there's just always this thing in the back of my head that's like, is this going to help people? Right. Um, so just some of those kind of self-limiting beliefs, but I just ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just do it anyway. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, so 
Uh, I think a lot of people who are uh, my goal is that a lot of people listening to the podcast, this podcast, will be people who are. Well, I don't wish this upon people, but yeah. are probably are people who are in a job that they don't like and yeah. they feel like they're kind of stuck and there's really no way out of it. And I know that you had a, a job up in, in New York City that you didn't like. So yeah. I want want you to talk about kind of how you got out of that job and kind of why you got out of that job. Yeah, totally. So um, I'm really grateful because I think often we have to hit a pretty low point mm-hmm. in order to find that strength and that catalyst for change. So for me, I was in New York for four years, very, I was anxious. I was depressed. I was having panic attacks and heart palpitations. And it was because I was so misaligned. Everything that I thought was going to be my future turned out to not be what I wanted at all. And I felt stuck and didn't know what to do. So um, for me, I just thought, okay, well, what, what can I control? And at the time, before I made a big shift in my life, I've been going out a lot and eating out and drinking and then sleeping in really late. And so I knew that that wasn't helping. And so I decided to stop doing that. And instead, I used my free time to focus on the things that I was just naturally drawn towards. And that turned out to be um, cooking. I would go and and cookbooks and reading about nutrition. I I literally just gravitated towards it like a magnet. I had no previous sort of interest in it or desire. I just gravitated Mm -hmm. towards it because I let myself... Um, just explore different things. Yeah. And I would go to the bookstore and just read the few people at the time who were really talking about the concept of how food can affect not just your aesthetic health, but your mental and emotional health. And so then, you know, on the weekends, I would go to the farmer's markets and pick out all this amazing food. I started cooking. And about six months into that, that was when I really realized that my anxiety had decreased dramatically. I was just so much happier in every aspect of my life. And that's when I knew that was something I wanted to share um, with other people and pursue as a passion. But I don't know. I think for me, some of it really just came down to the attitude that I try to carry with me, which is not have like... I think we have this idea that because we have these fears and hesitations, that means we shouldn't do something. Right. Um, or we, we, we treat them like they are stumbling blocks. But right. what I've learned is you can have the fears and the hesitations, but you can do it anyway. Yeah. You know, and that's really been my motto. And so I thought, what do I really have to lose? I have a good education. I can always get a job. I'm not going to be homeless, you right. know? Um, what's the worst that can happen if I take this risk? Yeah, and you go for it. yeah. And, from that day on, it was so the right decision that anytime I've had that little inkling or urge to um, make a big change or to go, you know, get over some kind of an obstacle, I'm just like, I'm just going to do it anyway. Yeah. There, so there are a couple things that I'm, I'm taking out of there that you you said that you really weren't had didn't have this big interest or big desire or into kind of healthy eating in the past. Yeah. Do you think that the reason that you got more into it is because you were looking, reading more about the mental and emotional side of things and you were kind of having those troubles at the time? I think it was twofold. I think I grew up in a house. My mom's an amazing cook and we Mm -hmm. had home cooked meals every single night and she makes such delicious food. And so I think on a subconscious, on a subconscious level, I think I associated home cooking with comfort and family and community. And so I think that was part of why I just felt like a moth to a flame to start cooking for myself. Um, But then I also think I knew then enough to know that 
it would it would behoove my mental and emotional and physical health to be cooking my own food, knowing the oils that I was using, you know, and the amount of sugar and the amount of sodium versus takeout. So I think it was a couple different things. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And another thing that you were saying, you kind of said towards the beginning is you had this kind of realization that the life that you thought you were going to have or that you know, you, it was going to be moving forward, you realize that that's not what you wanted anymore. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about like that realization process and what did you think your life was going to be? And then when, when did you realize that it wasn't going to be mm-hmm. that? I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I was mm-hmm. sure. I was mock trial president in high school, which <laughs> is so ridiculous. Someone should have told me like, you're not going to be arguing murder <laughs> cases. I mean, some people do that, but that's like 0.00% right. of um, litigators who actually make it into court and do the, the fun stuff. Um, but th- I thought that was what I wanted. So then when I went to college, I majored in English and did all the things that you do sort of pre-law. And then I thought, okay, well, I'll get a job as a paralegal in New York, work as a paralegal for a year and apply to law school. While I was doing that, three weeks into my paralegal job, I knew that it was not right for me, partially because it just, it was a slap in the face about what the majority of um, being a lawyer means these days, Mm -hmm. um, because we're just not in a place where the traditional ideas of being, like I said, you know, a litigator in court, that's just not really a reality. Um, And I realized what my options would probably more realistically be. I realized that wasn't what I wanted. But also, I mean, the associates there, the young lawyers were coming up to me and being like, run away, don't do it. And yeah, and also just that deep gut feeling of misalignment. And so three weeks in, I was standing on the street corner of New York, like crying my eyes out, being like, I don't want to do this, but I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm in New York. I don't want to leave New York. I don't want to come home to Nashville with my tail between my legs. So um, it was a couple years of really darkness, a lot of darkness before that. And then I would say my big revelation, it wasn't an overnight thing. It was a compilation of the experiences I had of having more energy, cooking for myself, seeing the uh, impact it had on my anxiety. But there was a moment about six months into taking better care of myself that I really did. I do remember, again, like a street corner moment being on the streets of New York and thinking, oh, my gosh, like I'm single. I'm 27. I have the world. at Well, in a good way. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. For me, it was like, what am I doing? Why am I acting like I'm stuck when I'm the opposite of stuck? You know, I really did have a sort of an aha moment in that You had like this freedom kind of a moment? I did. Yeah. And that was when I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. And I Googled healthy cooking schools. Yeah. I was like, there's got to be something like this. And I got lucky because there's two in the country. One of them is in New York. And I was like, well, it's meant to be. Oh, my Lord. That is awesome. And there's a couple of things that you said or a couple of times you've said it now, the just do it anyway thing. Um, And I think a lot of people probably have those kinds of, you know, not the freedom moment, but the moment before where it's like, holy crap, what I'm doing right now isn't what I want to be doing or what totally. I want to be doing down the road. But it's like, how do I get out of it? Yeah. Like, how do I take make the have the courage to take the next step? So I just want to want you to talk to the point of being a yes person and just doing it anyway and how to have that courage to just go. Well, that's the thing. I don't think you have to have courage for it. I think we have to put aside the idea that you need courage. Okay. I think courage is taking leaps when you don't feel like you necessarily have any sense of what's going to happen or cushion or, um, 
Yeah. I mean, I, that's what, to me, that's what courage is, is really just, and it it sounds so simple, but doing it anyway, just means literally taking the actual steps that you need towards that, ignoring the fact that you're scared about it, Hmm. just literally tangibly writing down what is A to Z to get to this point and just doing that. Okay, cool. When you made the transition away from the job to the healthy cooking school, did you have any pushback from your parents or or anything like that? You know, not sort of like very vocal pushback. Yeah. I mean, I think they thought I was crazy. Yeah. And I think they thought just this wanted was you maybe to like another phase. Maybe, okay. Yeah, another phase. Um, I think they thought I was very lost because I had been bopping around. I'd been like, well, maybe I'll go to business school or maybe I'll, you know, do something right. or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I thought they thought it was weird and they didn't understand it. And definitely friends didn't fully understand it. Um, so, yeah, I had pushback. Yeah, you were just kind of in a limbo phase where you yeah. kind of had a lot of ideas in your head about what you wanted to go do. And I didn't then... even know what it was going to look like. Yeah. But, yeah, that was... You had was... confidence that something was going to come good out of it? I did. Why do you yeah. think Why do you think you had that confidence? Um, I think because that was the first time where I allowed myself to not, not to suppress that little voice that we all have of mm. our intuition and our gut. I really do believe we have something that very clearly communicates to us. Does it not in words, but in a, in a, in a stronger sense. Yeah. And I, I had been suppressing that, those, um, those, that voice and those feelings. And that was when I really let myself. And when you feel tuned in to that sense of intuition, it's very hard. To, not, very little can get in the way of that. How do you listen to that inner voice and not just kind of like tune it out? Um, I think some of it is allowing yourself space and time in your life. I mean, we're all so busy that we don't think that we have time to be quiet. And it doesn't have to be traditional meditation, but really just we have so much sensory overload that allowing yourself the quiet of your own mind. Mm -hmm. And when you do, when you allow yourself time by yourself without a lot of um, outside stimuli, you will start, you you just will. I mean, you will. Yeah. You'll start to have feelings and thoughts that you're not even sure where they're coming from. And I, I attribute a lot of that to living in New York because I walked all the time. Yeah. And that were that was where a lot of that okay. those feelings started to come from was I didn't have headphones in. I had sort of the background noise of the streets. And I would just allow myself I walked everywhere and I would walk for hours. And that was where I really felt like I started to know myself better. Mm-hmm. So you went to this healthy cooking school, you had the idea of coming back to Nashville and starting your own business. And in our past conversations, you've talked about how it's kind of was a slow process and everything like that. What was the hardest part for you personally? Not necessarily just like the business aspect of it, but for you personally going through this whole process of starting your own business. Of starting my own business. The hardest part was those self-limiting beliefs, was the belief of what I, I knew that it was what I wanted to be doing. I was so sure of that. And that was where that intuition came in. But the what do I have to contribute, that okay. was the hard part for me. Why is my voice unique and special? What can I tribute, contribute that's different than anyone else? That was that was really difficult for me um, for the first few years. Mm-hmm. And so I think as a result, I led with the wrong concept. I think I led with how do I create um, business? You yeah. know, How do I get clients and thinking that was where my confidence was going to come from? 
And that was an evolution to get to the point I am now, which is where I lead with a very different, from a very different perspective. So what's your answer to that, to that question to yourself now? The, what do I have to contribute that the self-doubt, self-limiting belief that you had when you were going through the process? Sure. I think, um, I think it's a combination of just, I think the things that I'm good at, I think it's okay to be able to say I'm good at X, Y, and Z. Um, I am, I'm very thorough and I'm pretty type A. So I think I'm really good at writing recipes. I think I'm good at creating that content and I think I'm a good writer. So the blog, I thought, you know, I actually think I'm better than average at creating a blog and creating recipes that people will follow. Uh, I think I'm good at recipe creation from a flavor point of view. I think owning that and, and, and a lot of that to be totally honest, just came from people's feedback as I started to put recipes out there. And that's with anything. You'll start to get feedback from people and listening to that and trusting that and being okay instead of being self-deprecating and shrugging everything off when someone compliments you. Internalize that. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, there's something to that. How am I going to... You know, and there were things I realized my... I wasn't good at. I wasn't good at one-on-one coaching. That became clear okay. that that wasn't a skill set. So it's a combination of recognizing your own skills, but then also absorbing the fact that we are all truly like snowflakes. Like I am my own snowflake. And um, there is an audience for everybody. And yeah. that there were going to be people who resonated with me above anyone else only because they they found something in me that felt similar to them or spoke to them. And so in that sense, I, that's why I think everybody should be able to. I encourage anyone to start their own blog. Um, now, there's a lot of sort of technical stuff that goes into that. Right. If you want to start whatever it is, you have to be willing to put the work and the time just like you have with your business mm-hmm. to grow it and to create valuable content and to proof things and to you know, have the highest quality that you can, that you can at that time. Yeah. But in terms of that idea of like, who's going to listen to me, that just shouldn't even be. Yeah. You put, issue. you push them to do it because you feel like no matter what, you will have an audience if you put your true self forward, but you actually have to be willing to put in the work and being able to make it, you know, a piece of um, content that is, you know, uh, attractive to other people. You, you can't exactly. just make it sloppy and everything mm-hmm. like that, but everybody, you know, there are, there is an audience for everybody. So I guess that's the main yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I forward. think that's really well put. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so, and through your healthy eating process and, you know, the emotional and uh, mental part of it was huge for you. And I'm sure that when you were going through that process, you were kind of learn what foods worked for you and what foods didn't. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about that process of how we kind of go about listening to our bodies when we eat different foods and how we can kind of utilize that information in our everyday lives in terms of what to eat and kind of what not to eat. Sure. Um, I think very similarly to what I was saying about listening to your intuition, I think we need to cut out a lot of the sort of external noise initially. There's a lot of amazing resources and experts in all aspects of health and wellness, but I think it's um, now this is, I will say with a caveat, if you're going through something like a real condition that's causing you pain or discomfort, right. you should be working with a medical professional. But in terms of figuring out what works for you personally, I think cutting out all that noise and starting to um, keep a food journal, that's a really powerful thing to do that I, that wouldn't apply to somebody who necessarily might find that triggering from past you know, eating disorders or disordered eating. But if you haven't had that, then food journaling can be really powerful because we all need to be seeing the patterns of our own health. I mean, the best way that you can answer the questions that you think you want to ask of your 
you know, favorite wellness guru is to just listen to your body and start writing down what you're eating and how it makes you feel. And you will not believe after three or four weeks, what you'll find Mm -hmm. the patterns that will emerge about when you had energy and when you're, when you were bloated and how you were sleeping and all those things. So it's just being mindful every single day. Yeah. It sounds clinical and it doesn't mean that you can't indulge, but you will see you you just, well, really it's a lot of it is, is being willing to look at it and record it. And, um, that's one of the most effective things that you can do. So do you still do that? Or do you feel like you have a pretty good understanding kind of of your body now and just kind of take mental notes as you go along? For the most part, the latter, for the most part, it's mental notes. But every now and again, if I do feel like I'm having like a weird skin thing or, um, when I'm getting that kind of like tired and wired feeling uh, that is often a symptom of adrenal, um, health issues, I will do a food journal and pretty quickly I start to see the patterns for what I've been doing and, um, can, can make some, some easy changes that can make a huge impact. Gotcha. Cool. So one thing I remember you saying in the past is that, you know, kind of when you started the, your own business that creating your own schedule has always come relatively easy to you. And so I want to talk about kind of how you Uh, go about setting your own schedule. Yes. So yes. So for what, so yes, I do sort of have like an intrinsic, um, like proclivity for it, you know, for, for being able to sit down and I have a lot of natural focus, so I can sit down and do that. But honestly, even if you don't, again, just writing out a schedule and sticking to it, even if it doesn't feel like it's working initially, just trying that can be incredibly helpful. Um, I will say having a morning routine and a self-care routine especially in those first three hours of the day is also very powerful for being a self-starter because when you start off, when you wake up, you're depleted. And I think you're depleted mentally, physically. I mean, you may be rested, but you need hydration and nutrition to some extent and having some kind of a mindfulness practice, putting on like real adult human clothes can be really helpful. Letting in sunlight, um, you know, there are, there are a lot of just little things that you can do that set you up to feel like you're a, like a person who's going to a job, yeah. you know, and you want to have your energy and have your best foot forward. No doubt. So, so what, what's your morning routine look like? Yeah. So my morning routine is first things first, I do a little gratitude, mental gratitude right. list. And that can take, I mean, just 15 seconds and it can be anything big or small. Yeah. So I do that and um, that's just while I'm lying in bed. And then I go downstairs and I have this sort of morning elixir that I drink every, okay. I make it at night and I drink it first thing in the morning. It's 32 ounces of filtered water and it has lemon juice, apple cider vinegar, collagen peptides. And um, there's this company called Go Everly that makes this local sugar-free natural drink mix. And I put that in there just to make it taste better, but you don't have to do that. And I drink that while I'm checking email. I go back up to bed, cuddle with my cat. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I check my emails and like we'll do some social media kind of stuff. And yeah. then when I get out of bed officially after I make the bed, always make the bed. Uh, I stretch for like five to 10 minutes, just okay. like some really low key um, static stretches. And then... Um, go downstairs and yeah. And then I pretty much work. I used to eat breakfast right away, but I've gotten more into, it's not even really intermittent fasting. I think the more appropriate language is time restricted eating, which is where I wait at least 12 hours between dinner and breakfast. And at first that was something, actually it came pretty naturally for me to do that. So I just work until I start to feel hungry. And for everybody, like you kind of have to learn your body and what your hunger signals Mm -hmm. are. Um, and so usually it's about an hour or maybe two, two and a half hours into waking up where I have breakfast 
And then with my breakfast, it's different every time. But the one consistency is I look for the trifecta of fat, fiber, and protein. I like to be able to pick out one source in each of those okay. and whatever I eat. That helps me know that I'm eating something that's satiating and that's going to have some um, micronutrients and some fiber and all that good stuff. And so then I have breakfast and then I put on, well, actually, sometimes I put on adult clothes and like shower and stuff before yeah. that, sometimes after breakfast, but make sure that I'm like pretty presentable for the day and yeah. then good to go. Very good. Um, I think that one of the things that you said, you had the, the Everly and you kind of make that the night or prep it the night before. And I think one of the biggest things in order to establish a good habit is to make it as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. You have to make your, you have to prep your physical environment in order for, sure. for it to be super easy. One of the things that I do, I mean, I have a yeah. glass of water every, every time when I, when I first wake up in the morning, before yeah. I have my coffee, I always try to make sure. And that's like one of my most solid routines is always have that glass of water, but I have it sitting out ready for me the night yeah, before. Yeah, you know that that's going to be part of it. Yeah. And then it just makes it that much easier to actually do it. Totally. Um, and then the, the gratitude thing, I think for me, I, I do the same thing. I write three things down or gratitude then I say it out loud and for me it was always hard to find three different things but now I've defined one of the things I'm going to be grateful for is something in nature something and then a second is going to be something specific to today and then a third is going to be a, a feeling you know something I that, that I can kind of think about and how it makes me feel so that that's helped me a lot and Every single day, it's super different, and because I do it every day, you have to come up with a lot of them, and some of them are just, like, so, so stupid. So random and weird. And yeah, like, I'll do, like, crickets or something, and, like, and, like start laughing at oh, myself, yeah. but that, like, helps right, me right. start off on a positive note, and I can't even really speak to, like, what it actually does for my day. Maybe, I think, like, it starts me off with a positive attitude, but I just, I do feel like it has you know, helped me, but it's hard to like speak into words exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't even know that you need to, I mean, there are a right. lot of studies that show an inverse correlation with depression and cardiovascular health with mm. gratitude. I mean, there's real science behind, behind that and studies you can look up if you go to like PubMed or other scientific journals. Um, but I know for me, it just has helped me get per like perspective. Yeah. It's like, we're all there's this woman, I think I might have told you about her, Elizabeth Benton. She has a yeah, podcast so. called Primal Potential. One of the things she always says is like, we're too blessed to be so negative. Mm. And I always think about that. And that always really helps me is like, after I've done my gratitude list, like, because it can't, sometimes it is, it's so weird when you're doing it every day. I mean, it will be like, I love the way her fur smells. Yeah. Or like I love the sunshine <laughs> coming through the room or, right. you know, I love that. Like there's books on my bedside table or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can always come up with something. Yeah. No doubt. Um, what do you think, who do you think has been your biggest role model or biggest mentor to this point in your life? Not even just business can be business can be just personal, but just anybody. Yeah. Actually, I just was with her, the okay. woman I told you about. Her name is Alice Randall. She wrote the foreword to my first cookbook. And she's been like my second mom and mentor. She is such a powerful woman. She's been incredibly successful. Um, she raised such a strong, beautiful daughter who's a dear friend of mine as well. And she... She's always seen, but she's one of the few people she met me. She taught me when I was 12 and we met when I was 12. So this was a huge age gap, but yeah. we had just had this immediate connection. That's crazy. And she was the first person who really saw me outside of hmm. the trappings of the things, you know, in, uh, of the, the template of my life. She really saw me and has always believed in me and encouraged me, but also been, been 
brutally truthful right. in a loving way. 100%. And um, yeah, so she inspires me, but she's also like tangibly helped me with my business. And I'm just so grateful for her. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, what do you think the, the biggest lesson that she's taught you is? Um, I don't know. I think more than anything, it's been her attitude, which is sort of she just she doesn't let things be a big dramatic deal. Okay. Um, she allowed me the freedom to make mistakes. And I think sort of tangentially to that, um, part of the reason she doesn't let things be a huge deal is because she's really trusted me. Like she's really trusted my instincts and okay. taught me to trust myself in a way that I'm not sure that I did. I really like that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I think that's really an important lesson because, you know, you've talked about your gut and intuition and she's like, trust it. It's fine where you have those maybe the yeah. self-limiting beliefs that mm -hmm. have come up that you've talked about. So it's good to have somebody by your side to kind of enforce your own confidence in yourself and your totally. own gut. So I think that's, I think that's big. Um, so you've talked to now a couple of times about how, you know, if you're fearful of something or you're scared of something that just do it anyway, you know, don't think about it. Um, just, just go, just do it. Is there something that you've been fearful of in, in your business right now that you're been kind of holding back on taking the leap to do? Um, or like, what are, what are, what are you scared of in terms of your business and has it held you back, held you back from doing something recently? Mm-hmm. I've been really um, scared of expanding my team. Mm. I've I've been really scared of making it more than just me, and not because I don't, not because, not even for sort of like, not like selfish reasons. No, like but really just because um, I'm afraid. I think there's a part of me that's afraid of growth. I yeah. think there's a part of me that's still like afraid of what this business could become when I am really pushing it to its furthest potential. And I actually don't really know why that scares me, but it does. But I'm doing it anyway yeah. because I believe because at the end of the day it's not about me it's about you guys it's about my readers it's about the people who come f to have value added to their life so I'm just um, so I've you know I've expanded to a, a team of three we're now three and um, they're amazing women who are just yeah have been what's that been like thus far uh, it's awesome yeah. it's awesome yeah they're brilliant i'm so grateful to have them um but it's also like the the visions that they have for me it's like sc scary because right. i'm like really you think i can do that yeah so they almost push you past where yeah you kind of past you my comfort zone but yeah. that's a good thing i yeah. want that okay yeah cool. so you know you're an entrepreneur you kind of work from you work from home most of the time right mm -hmm. yeah how do you separate out your day and how do you you know separate when you're working and when you're not do you have like defined times that you set for yourself kind of when I'm working but and like how do you know how do you tell your body you want to shut off when you're at the same place um when you're working when you're not I don't yeah. know if that, if that makes sense no or not, totally um I don't know that's hard for me that yeah. doesn't um because I love my work so much and it's so integrated into every aspect of they my almost life blend together yeah because I mean cooking is also my form of therapy so what I would say is I I do set I do set a time limit at night unless I have like a major deadline. I pretty much finish work at seven or seven thirty at the latest. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of the one cap. And then I allow myself to chill and read or watch Netflix or whatever at night. And then during the day, really, honestly, I just work until I find my brain starting to hurt. And then I allow myself to either just like sit and stare into space or go for a walk or 
cook but not be testing. Yeah. Um, so to be totally honest, I don't really have I don't really have a great way of doing that. Yeah. And my life is like so in, it's all so integrated. Yeah. No, but I think yeah. Well, I think it's that's so great that it is so integrated because one of the things that I've heard about people talk about entrepreneurs like one of the negative things about it is like you don't know when to separate yeah. your like work from your rest but like I think it's okay when you truly feel like that much joy and that there's really there's so much integration there's so much overlap to where you don't necessarily have to define the differences when you're doing work and when you're not mm-hmm. so I think that I think that's I think that's good I don't think that's something to like worry about yeah um, I mean there's definitely some like not so fun admin stuff right that comes with it well yeah no doubt but you know, yeah. It's all gotcha. Good. So last two questions I always ask everybody. Yeah. Um, I always throw out the age number on the first one. So uh, you're 32. Is that correct? I just turned 33. Just turned 33. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, happy late, happy belated birthday. I didn't, did I text you happy birthday? I don't know. Damn. No, no know. worries. I, for, I forgot. No worries um, at all. Well, all right. So you're 33. Um, and obviously you're, you know, you're coming out with your, the second cookbook. You have Plenty of things that you probably want to do. Plenty of classes you want to hold. Forty-three um, year old Laura, Laura Lee Bryant. What is what has she done? What has she accomplished? What is she What is she currently doing? Yeah. So let's see. Forty-three. I think I would be working on my fourth book. Okay. I think I'd be working on my fourth book because um, I want to continue to write cookbooks. So it's definitely part of it. I would love to have some kind of an online program, a way to do virtual classes. I so badly want anyone to be able to attend my classes mm-hmm. and now I'm having people travel. I had a girl come from Vancouver, Canada. Oh my yeah, Lord. Yeah. That's and pretty cool. It's amazing. And Richmond, Virginia and St. Louis and people are traveling and I am so grateful for that. But some people I know can't. So I would love to have some kind of an online cooking course. Um, that would be really important to me. Um, to be able to kind of scale it a little bit yeah, more and reach a lot more people. For sure. But continue. I would love to still be doing my oh, cooking yeah, classes. It's like my favorite There's nothing thing. like the one-on-one interaction. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the best. Um, you know, and then I do I do sort of have a dream of like a stand-in-star cooking show, but it's so specific. Like I would be so picky about it right. that I don't know that that's a reality with TV anymore if they want something that traditional. Mm. But honestly, I would be so happy if I were just continuing to write cookbooks. I had a way to reach people virtually and I was still getting one-on-one interaction. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be heaven. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, before I ask the last question, I want to, I don't know if anybody's ever like pointed this out to you or noted to you, but I, I've kind of realized that ever since I started watching your Instagram stories, but you just have this such like a, a calm, like soothing presence to you really yeah and it's like and you said you were a type a when i and i heard that i was like is she really because i just feel like you have this like such a calm like soothing presence whenever you speak and it comes across so natural but it but it's also really confident um and and i think that is just like really cool and i think that's why you know ever so many people like um you know watching all the things that you put out Um, thank you that's really cool thank you Um, i really appreciate that yeah i think the type a is just more in like my own head, yeah. my own work ethic in my head. So I got you. thank you. That's yeah, awesome. Definitely. Um so tell everybody do you know when the cookbook is coming out yet? Or do you have a date? Uh it's not not, not for to a stress while. you out. No, no, it doesn't stress me out. Okay. It's just um it's a long process. Yeah, so realistically, probably spring of twenty twenty. Okay. But look, gotcha. I mean think about how fast twenty eighteen went by. Yeah, it is yeah. It's no, gonna it's, be here before we know yeah, it. It is so. crazy. It is crazy. So and then tell everybody where they can find you online, um, on social media and everything like that. Yeah, so um Instagram 
Instagram is probably where I spend the most of my time, and okay. that's at Laura Lee Balanced, and the Lee is spelled L-E-A. Um, my website is llbalance.com. And then on Amazon, that's where you can find you can find my my cookbook in pretty much any bookstore. Mm-hmm. But it is on Amazon. If you don't have a local bookstore, which is always my preference, supporting somewhere local. But if you don't have that, then going to Amazon, it's going to be um, it's less expensive. It's about eight dollars off on Amazon, so okay. you can look up the Laura Lee Balance Cookbook. Gotcha. And then you have your your class offerings on your website. Yeah. So my class class offerings are on my website right now. They're totally sold out. Yeah. Um, the one last spot I think is going to be given away in a giveaway. Yeah. Um, but I will be releasing new classes for the late winter and early spring in probably in December. How often do you usually kind of release those new classes? Uh, About every few months. Okay. Yeah. And then I book them for the following three months. Okay. So. Gotcha. Very good. Well, so the last question I always ask ask everybody is, I think we're all on the constant journey of becoming the best version of ourselves. We're always trying to upgrade, be better today than we were yesterday. And I don't know if we ever necessarily get to that best version of ourselves. Hopefully, you know, one day we're on the, on our deathbed and can take our last, last breath knowing that, you know, maybe we got to the close enough point. Um, But like I said, we're always striving for it. So what I want to ask you is for you personally, if you could do three things or if you could work on three things to becoming closer to that best version of yourself, what were those three things that you could do or that you could work on? I think the first thing would be to continue to work on empathy. I think as an entrepreneur, it's so it's easy to you can be adding value, but you're still very self centered in a lot of ways. I find myself feeling that way, mm. um, and so I want to continue to be better at putting myself in other people's shoes and feeling their feelings. And um, yeah, so I would say continuing to grow in my empathy and then doing something about that. Yeah, um, helping people to feel more heard and understood through that. Um, I would say, uh, this is tough. I would say, secondly, I'm continuing to make my family a priority because I've always grown, I've grown up with such unconditional love for my family that I think sometimes I take it for granted. And I do believe that we can have chosen family as well, but whoever your family is, whether it's blood, biological, chosen, your partner, um, making sure that they never forget how important they are. I think we can all do that. And, um, and then I would say on an overarching level, you mean for me personally or for, yeah, for you personally, for me personally and my own personal growth, um, just continuing to, um, make sure that my priorities are in order when it comes to what we really take with us at the end mm. and what we have to leave behind. Cause I don't consider myself a particularly materialistic person. I'm actually a pretty minimalist. I really don't like care about stuff, yeah. but I think we all you like, can always could get do better about that. And just if you can always keep it, if you can constantly ask yourself, like, can I take this with me? I think it really helps you stay on a pretty straight and narrow. Gotcha. Well, awesome. Yeah. I think those are three great things. Um, that's you. all we got. Appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely. Awesome. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now it's time to act. Leave a like and a comment on YouTube. Subscribe to that page. If you're on iTunes, leave it a five-star review. Help the show move up the ranks so more and more people can get access to it. Feel free to take a screenshot of this episode and let me know you're listening on Instagram. You can go support Laura Lee on Instagram where she spends most of her time at Laura Lee Balanced. 
and you can go to our website llbalance.com where you can get recipes and sign up for her cooking classes. Just remember, avoid allowing the self-limiting thoughts get the best of you. Ignore them and just do it anyway. That's how you make progress and that's how you create the life of your dreams. Thanks so much for listening. Keep taking consistent action every single day. Now it's time to go out and upgrade yourself today to get closer and closer to your best you.